For your awards consideration, Max presents Barry, the Emmy Award-winning HBO original series starring Bill Hader as a hitman for hire, desperately trying to shed his old life. While Barry has eliminated many of the external factors that pushed him towards violence, he soon discovers they weren't the only forces at play. Back for a fourth and final season, don't miss the critically acclaimed series Rolling Stone Calls Incredible, a masterpiece. All episodes of Barry are now streaming on Max. We are here with BAFTA-nominated composer Federico Jucid, who is behind the Amazon Prime Western score for The English. Federico Jucid, welcome. Thank you very much, Anthony. How are you? Good. So tell me about growing up. Your father was Juan Jose Jucid, and your your mother was Lucina Brando, mm-hmm. um, a stage actress. And in 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 film in film actress, tell me about growing up around them and finding your love of film scoring. Well, um, first of all, for me, it was the everyday uh, normal life. So I don't know uh, about being anything odd or weird because I, I had nothing to compare to. My both of my parents were of my parents were um, uh, visible, famous at some point uh, people, and I was used to you know going out with them, having dinner, and 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 having people coming to the table. Of course, in Argentina, right? I'm talking in in in, in a small um, in a small country down there. However, for for you know. It was quite intense, and and we were used to having people coming to the table, wanting to have an autograph from my mom, and I would spend uh, many many uh, hours either waiting for my mom at you know at the theater or at sets where she was finishing her work, or uh, spending time with with my dad at uh, the Moviola, which was the the cutting room, the old cutting room before the Avid um, with the actual celluloid. And so for me, it was a very natural thing. I would, I would often play in the Moviola with, um, you know, in the, in the basket of the disposal uh, of the unwanted uh, film. I would just play around with the film and cut and edit and do my, my, own little experiments. So it was quite a natural thing. And if you put this together with my early love for music, which started at, I was probably five or six, there was a piano in the house and I would play all the time. Uh, so in a way, f- film scoring, it, 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 it seems to me like a very natural thing between my natural uh, connection with music and this life, everyday life between the, you know, the sets and the theater and the moviola. So it came, it came out as a, as a pretty, I would say, uh, natural blend. What was your first project that you, you provided score to? Uh, oof, probably some very low key, um, short uh, in Argentina 
and and then another one and then another one and then at some point uh I probably hustled some director uh and I scored for him a TV movie what was called a TV movie back then it was kind of a comedy um and I scored that with a very small jazz ensemble and I remember I was so nervous uh, I, I didn't sleep for five days and, uh, and I promised not using any drug. It was just fear what kept me awake for five days trying to meet the deadlines. And not after, I don't know, four or five like decent projects, uh, not until then, my father, uh, asked me to score something for him. First, he was, um, an episode of a TV show and then a TV movie and lately, my first feature, which was Bajo Bandera, would be like Under Flag, which was um, a movie in the in the nineties, in the early nineties, that I that I scored for him, and and luckily it went very well, you know, review wise and awards. He got the movie and and the score both got a bunch of awards, which it was very you know, ensuring for a young composer who has this opportunity. So that was like a, like a, like a, like a visible start. And did Hollywood come calling? Well, well, that was, that was uh, many, many, many years later. Um, I, I was living already in Madrid. I had lived in America. I had studied in, in, in New York and at some point, of my career, I th- I think it was when I scored the Secret in Their Eyes, that of course the movie got the the the, the Academy Award for Foreign Film, that I raised a little interest in the agencies and I started having a representation in LA. I started traveling and at some point I I rented a house in LA and I started being uh, instead of bi coastal bi continental because I would spend two months in LA and two months in Spain, back and forth. And actually I've been doing that already for 10 years. In regards to, to working with Hugo Blick, how did the English come about? Well, I believe it was, um, well, Hugo says, and I like to, I like to believe it's true. He says he knew my work. He, he, he knew my work and he knew the secret and, um, and he knew about uh, Watership Down, which was an animation project that I'd done for the, I mean, it's worldwide, but it's it's mostly a British project uh, that I'd done like five years ago. And um, at some point, I think he asked, you know, names or recommendation to Ian Cook, music supervisor, and Ian uh, brought up my name. And Hugo says, that it was like a coincidence because he had, I don't know, my music in his car or something like that. So he was right on. And so he uncalled and asked my office to send a reel and, and, and clicked on right away. And I talked to Hugh and he sent me the script. And well, I don't know if you had the chance to watch the show, but it was one of those very, very, very special projects with a wonderful writing and an amazing cast. and. And it was a fantastic journey. 
So in the English, Emily Blunt plays a woman who arrives to America in 1890, and she's here to avenge her son's death. Now, in the score, I hear an homage to Ennio Morricone's Spaghetti Westerns, but there's also an English representation in the pianos and strings. Tell us about that. Well, we talked about that with Hugh a lot. First, we, we thought about the mid-century Westerns. I think that was our first take on, and, and, and if you watch the show, the way that the show is framed and photographed, there's a big homage to the mid-century Westerns, to the classics. And most of this core has that approach as well. Also, uh, from, from a structural point of view, there are, you know, certain leitmotifs that develop in a very, in a very classic or classical way. Uh, and then, of course, there's a bunch of influences. I would say Morricone and certainly um, John Barry and... Um, and at some point, uh, of course, there's, I mean, the, the, the main character is a British character, is a aristocrat, aristocratic lady uh, that leaves the a luxury environment to go to the, to the wild America at that point. Uh, so, yeah, she brings this uh, 19th century piano um, that, you know, interesting counterpoint with a more raw sound uh, of the West. And I think at some point we also thought that we needed to to incorporate some contemporary colors because although this was an homage to the mid, mid-century Western, this is a story told today and the narrative is quite contemporary. So... I think the score has a blend of classical colors and, and certain contemporary orchestrations and, you know, process sounds and electronics. This is a very much a big screen, even though it's a TV show, it's very much big screen. The cinematography and the vistas are a huge star. When you get those sequences, and you have to put music to them. How do you marry the music with the epic nature of what you're seeing? Do you slow down the strings? Are you using strings? Tell us about that. How do you make us feel it musically on a big canvas? Well, I think at this point uh, of my composer composer's life, there is always a correspondence or or a response to to what I see on screen, certainly. And when you like 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 you say, when you get such a wide uh, vista, such a such a breadth, such a scope, there's almost an instinct to uh, to breathe slower, to to breathe wider, to have a to have a musical gesture that is probably longer. Um, you allow yourself to to use a wider orchestra, and and of course, and maybe sometimes to take a slower tempo. Not only is the size of the frame, but if you've noticed, uh, it, it, the show has a quite 
static or sometimes slow pace in terms of 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 the of the, of the um, cutting rhythm. You know, especially nowadays when we are used to seeing so much chopping in the editing. This is a a very classic show, also in terms of editing, where the shots last quite a bit, and that length carries a weight, and that weight needs a certain music to, to be with it. So in a, in a way, it's the most amazing opportunity you can give to any composer that is always begging for space to express, to narrate, and this is the perfect canvas if you want to do that. For your awards consideration, Max presents Barry, the Emmy Award-winning HBO original series starring Bill Hader as a hitman for hire, desperately trying to shed his old life. While Barry has eliminated many of the external factors that pushed him towards violence, he soon discovers they weren't the only forces at play. Back for a fourth and final season, don't miss the critically acclaimed series Rolling Stone Calls Incredible, a masterpiece. All episodes of Barry are now streaming on Max. Now, I understand that Emily Blunt was also involved in the score as far as having discussions with you. Uh, can you can you tell us more about that? Well, always my first um, my 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 first uh, dialogue with was with Hugo and. Um, once he was pleased with the work, he would he would then take a swing and and pass along my my first or my early mock-ups with with uh, with Emily because she was a producer, an active, a creative a producer, an active creative producer in the show. So she would she would send feedback, and she was an incredible incredible support, which I think it was great because at some point we took. I don't know, certain risks uh, and having her support besides Hugo's, it was certainly of great help. You know, especially when you're dealing with big streaming services or BBC or people that might be are afraid of slow pace or uh, having having all these forces, you know, uh, mm, giving you the blessing uh it could be it could be of great help and then tell us about you selected the final episode uh for your emmy submission tell us why well um the story we took we took with hugo we took this six episodes as if this was a five and a half hours of a movie rather than you know each app having a um a separate treatment and in this six or five or six hour movie the all the motifs um unfold uh progressively say in the first episode we see Eli uh Chasky Spencer's character and we hear first few notes and as we know more about the character, his motive also unfolds and develops more. We get to know more about his motive. And the same way happens with each motive of the movie. 
And I would say it's not until the last segment of this movie or the sixth, the sixth episode when, when all the motifs unfold completely, uh, not only in terms of amounts of notes, but also in terms of um, expression scope. So I think if you want to show your work in all its uh, extent and brutality or expression, you want to go to the last segment of this movie because it's where all your your guys are, you know, showing all all its uh, all its expression and all its power. What's next for you? Uh, well, I'm working on a movie. I just finished a movie that is going to Cannes from a wonderful Spanish director, Victor Erice. Uh, I am starting a, another um, British show, but I think at this point, the NDA doesn't allow me to, to mention it, but it's another big, beautiful, lyrical and epic British show. Uh, and, and then I'm always uh, writing concert music. I'm now working on a, on a commission for the for the National Symphony in Spain. So I combine those two musical tasks. Tell us about Close Your Eyes, your score for that film. Tell us about the film that's at Cannes. Well, um, it was a it was a it was an incredible phone call, the one we got, first of all, because Victor hasn't been shooting for quite a bit of time. He did for incredible movies long, long time ago. And basically those four movies won every single award there is around for a, for an art house uh, movie and director, you know, Cannes, Berlin, everything. And then probably 30 years have passed. And then in his 80s, he's going back on set, telling us a new story. And the fact that he wanted to collaborate with me, it was you know, complete joy and, and, and honor. And, um, and this is a very, very beautiful and a very poetic movie with a very, with a very humble score, a very uh, small, probably the opposite as the English where everything is big, wide and, and abundant. This is a very small, uh, intimate, introspective and, and and it's mostly chamber music basically it's more it's mostly a, you know a septet or an octet uh, and I'm very happy with the, with the score and um, and and mostly with the movie Federico Jucid thank you thank you very much Anthony all the best thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.